Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey, Hoops fans, do you want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars with Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach? Of course you do. You've been listening to this podcast. You know the deal by now. Pringles and Cheez-It are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic, all for the win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Pringles at CelebrityCrunchClassic.com slash OSP. Visit the site for more details. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. It would mean the world to Tate and I. Yes. For you to uh, to sign up for this, Tate. Pringles, is, Pringles and Cheez-It have been a longtime sponsor of this podcast. Not only that, they've been longtime sponsors of college sports in general. I, I'm turning on all these games. I'm seeing Cheez-It and Pringles on the scores table. Uh, this is this is a company that believes in college sports. NCAA, in NCAA licensed snack for sure. And uh, I mean, they dropped the boxes for us, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. That's respect. So Barbecue Pringles. It, Man, they're growing on me. That's really it. We need we need all the friends of the program to uh, make this sponsorship worthwhile, so they continue sending us free snacks. Because the day that those snacks stop, that we stop getting the boxes of Cheez Its, is going to be a very sad day for us. Kyle and I um, will start. So yeah, if we do not get these boxes of Cheez Its, <laughs> that is the truest thing I think I've ever said on this podcast. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you how to live your life, people. But uh, all we're asking is a uh, big Super Bowl coming up. A uh, big weekend of watching any sports, really any sports that are out there. Just uh, you're walking down the snack aisle. Just just uh, throw a, throw a box of cheese in a little little can of Pringles in there. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Help us out a little bit. That's, That's all we ask. Yeah, um, just a bit. I also Tate. I want to plug one more time, and I know I've been annoying with this, and that is this only applies to a very small uh, fraction of our our listeners, but um, it means a lot to me. So, and it's my show, so I'll do what I want. Yes, uh, plug yourself. The sir. club true. The Club Trillion Beer Night at Land Grant Brewery is Tuesday, next Tuesday, the 29th. Uh, Which we have to point out the irony of Land Grant and Grantland. It's great. I mean, what in the world? What kind of, what is that? That is, that is, that is something out of a book, you know? That is a Dr. Seuss joke. That is, that is something out of a book. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure how it's working out, but go ahead. Keep plugging yourself. That's I, my, no, I, I, I just love this that's, beer. Please. That's my favorite. That, that might be my new favorite phrase for when you're just exasperated. You're just like, my God, that is something out of a book, folks. <laughs> just, what does That's, that even mean? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, <laughs> Read a book. Uh, no, so Ohio State plays at Michigan. Uh, we are we are tapping the, the uh, land grant made a Club Trillion Amber Ale to commemorate the 10-year anniversary of Club Trillion. So uh, all the money we raise is going towards the, the the scholarship for walk-ons I'm starting. So if you want to come hang out with me, watch Ohio State, uh, whatever else, you can do that. If you hate me, even if you hate me and you're like, I hate you, Titus. I you hate, hate. I don't want to support now. your beer. I don't want to meet you. But I, I have great now. news. <laughs> you can come watch a basketball game with a bunch of Ohio State fans and they will there will be other beers on tap so even if you hate me uh come help out the cause D- don't you know don't let don't make these kids suffer Tate. that's my that's my point and don't you know, forget I, I can suffer I'm okay with it yeah don't make the kids suffer yeah you can watch Joey Lane and the Ohio State Buckeyes take on <laughs> the Michigan Wolverines it's gonna be a show I cannot wait coach Holtman yeah let's uh, go Hopefully, hopefully Ohio State can figure it out between now and then because uh, four straight losses, dude. It's been tough. I was at the I was at the Maryland game on Friday, and um, it was it was not a good time to be an Ohio State fan at that game. It was tough, but it, it is was, a good time uh, in I, college I like basketball. That's the good news. We it is a, a good time in college upsets. basketball. That's we got one versus one. Four, Mono Imano. Four top ten teams lost on Saturday. Yes. A fifth loss when your North Carolina Tar Heels beat Virginia Tech on Monday. 
Um, Big Monday. Tennessee barely scraped by Bama. That was almost number six. So we almost had six top ten teams go down between the last podcast we did and now. That is a lot. That is a lot of top ten teams. There's a lot of action. We're going to talk about all of it. We also have a very special interview. Uh, I wanted to tease the interview, Tate. I wanted to kind of be coy about it, but then I realized how podcasts work and that uh, we're probably going to put it in the title. And uh, I guess you can't, you can't really surprise people mm. with podcasts, right? I mean, I guess we could. We could not put it in the title, but I'm guessing we're going to put it in the title. So people know what the interview is, right? Mm. Well, it is one of those things that they do in music now where they just don't put who the features are and you figure it out. You know what I mean? Mm. So maybe yeah. we do that, Kyle. Well, Possibly. Is that what you want? Can I we like innovate? In trouble, Let's innovate. We can, we can go ahead and I don't know. We'll it. see what happens. But anyways, no, I mean, no, no, this, we is, gotta, this is a good guy, bad the, guy. You know, Brad, it's all in the same vein. There, there, There is a guy, and we got the guy, right? Your guy. We're putting it in the title. Let's not kid ourselves. <laughs> We're putting it in the fucking title. It's, it's Buzz Cut Brad. You, you have um, read this. And just to be clear, for not the people listening that, that, that saw the title and thought to themselves, I wonder what the joke is going to be here. There is no joke. We got Buzzcut Brad on the podcast. Yes. We, we had a fun interview with him. Um, it, it came about and basically it, it doesn't matter how it came about. We got Buzzcut Brad. We did it. The first ever player interview of a current player in college basketball happened on this podcast day and it went well and we really hope people enjoy it. So we're going to get to good guy. We're going to get to bad guy. Brad guy, bad guy, whatever the other guy. guy. It Kyle is our Tuesday guy, show. All the guys. We're getting to all of it. We're getting to the Buzzcut Brad interview. All of that is coming up. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right. It is Tuesday. It is the Tuesday show. It is the good guys, the bad guys. The Kyle guys, as we said, a lot of a lot of college basketball action. First of all, Tate, uh, we, I, I said it in the pre-roll. Uh, Carolina beats Virginia Tech. Um, a lot of people were tweeting at me, at least, saying that you're because I put out the theory that your back only flares up when Carolina sucks. Uh, did that win help your back? Is your back mysteriously better now that the Tar Heels aren't complete garbage? In a word, no. Oh no. Okay, so. You're, you're that committed heart, to proving my, that it's my not heart a- has grown three sizes. Uh, <laughs> watching three young freshmen play together: Leaky Black, Nazir Little, Kobe White. All those guys on the court together. A lot of energy in the Dean Dome uh, against Virginia Tech. Buzz Williams pulled a Roy Williams. You know, like benched his guys. In foul trouble, Justin mm. Robinson on the bench. Uh, you know, he like coached in the way that Roy would have coached that situation, which led to uh, three freshmen coming in at the under 12. 20 0 run, Titus. Did you watch that? Nazir Little, Kobe I did. White. I saw that. Combined for 50 Is... points in this game. First first time hey, two UNC been... freshmen have done that. Have I was you shocked. been hearing the rumors about Buzz Williams, mm. by the way? I what just is... saw this like a couple days ago. His hair is that real. He's, he's. No, no, no. The yeah, rumors that. are true. He, uh, he uh he's not happy at Virginia Tech is what I saw that he's uh he 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 doesn't like the AD the whole relationship it's it's um yeah if this was like if we were covering the NBA for a living this would be like front page news because they don't actually you know people that cover NBA don't actually want to talk about basketball so uh they would get really excited about these these rumors that are swirling but I I saw this is it do, do you know about this is this a thing you know what it sounds like I mean and I don't want to connect the dots but I'm gonna connect the dots here it sounds like Buzz Williams. You know, leaking this out, a little bit of leverage. Maybe a job opens up. Maybe, you know, to a mm. guy that's 0-17 on the road against ranked teams at mm. a premier program with Under Armour, mm. Maryland. Mm. That's right there. Mm. I don't know. 
That's the buzz. Interesting. No, but that's I mean, the buzz. That's the buzz. That's the buzz. That's what people are saying. Uh, uh, the, those are uh, that's what the birds are chirping uh, up there in Blacksburg. No, I'm. But I but I will say back to uh, Carolina. If we have to get back to them, we're. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say I don't back to, to Carolina. talk about them, but I have to bring this up. I mean, were you impressed? I mean, by them? I mean, this is the this is the best I've seen them play all year. Uh-huh. And that was I didn't watch. F- oh, you didn't it watch? Oh, so it doesn't count. Uh-uh. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Let, let's get on with it. No, I was just seeing. No, dude, I was I was seeing how your back felt. That was all. I just was. Uh, so your 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 back truthfully hurts. It's a real injury. Is what is what we've learned. Yes, it's not a. It's this not is a not Coach K ninety five. I am not okay. recruiting Vince Carter, even though his podcast okay. is on this network. Winging um, it. Yeah, let's get Featuring into it, Ken man. We got a lot to get to. Uh, this is I, I have a feeling this is going to be like a four-hour show if we don't move it along uh, because we have the interview, and there's a ton of action, as you said. I, I Coincidentally, I didn't watch any of it. I didn't watch any of these games, State. I was shoveling snow the entire weekend My goodness. Uh, here in Ohio. It's We got five feet of snow, and it's like negative 10 degrees. Um, but uh, there was a lot of basketball, and I read about it, and that sounds fun. I'm joking, people. I did watch the games. Uh, let's get to it. Let's start with good guy, as we always do. Do you want to go first? Yes, I will go Please first. Please do, because I have, I, have, I, have I have two obvious picks, and I don't know which one to pick. So hopefully you pick one of mine, and I can take the other one. That's, well, that's the goal here, but go ahead. We got good guy, uh, Fran Dunphy, actual good guy. He won a good guy award. Did you see this, Titus? He won I did, a, yes. A this good, was one of my picks. I'm so, glad you picked it. I'm glad I picked it. This is I think I feel like we're gonna have similar good guys, bad guys, but we're gonna talk through them all. Fran Dunphy, uh, all-time winningest coach in Philadelphia Big Five history, 571 wins. Uh, he's in a club. Uh, I didn't even know this was something that we had to bring up, but he's the fifth coach to win 200 games at two different Division One programs. And I was like, Titus, huh. you're a guy that knows a lot about basketball. Can we name these other coaches? That are that that join so, this illustrious list. Yes. So hold on, run that by me again. He's won two hundred games at two different schools. Yes, at and two different D one of five five guys. He's, he's one the, of five he's the fifth. to do it. One, two, three, four, fifth. Yes. So uh, there's Patino. Yes. Camelot. Uh, there's Roy Williams. Camelot in Louisville. Yes, Roy Williams, Kansas, mm-hmm. North Carolina. There's there's Bob Huggins. No. Uh, what? Bob Huggins not on the list. Surprising. He right? didn't win a two hundred. No. Wow. Not on the list. Huh. Well, it's it's a well, name. If Bob Huggins isn't on there, then I'm screwed. Uh yeah, I, I can't think of I'll who give else you the two schools, then. New Mexico and Illinois, the two schools that he did it at. Oh, yeah, yeah. Steve Offord. Um <laughs> I, I, <would> wish. Know. <laughs> I wish. If Steve Offord could just oh, go to Illinois and get those Chicago kids, I can only imagine. Uh Lou Henson. Lou Henson. Yes. Lou Henson, right? Yes. Yeah. Lou okay. Henson. We did it. We solved it. Uh, this is That's actually it. boom. Yeah, you know, good guy. You know, we've confused this segment a million times, but the only reason he's a good guy, he's actually doing well. He beat Houston, beat Samson. Uh, you know, gave them their first loss of the season, so that was big. But uh, you know, he actually won an award as the good guy, and I just wanted to point out that our segments are being stolen, Titus. They're being yeah. stolen. Everywhere. I mean, we should. I mean, I you w- should reiterate. I, I went you online because I think people a Kansas website, yeah. and it was a local news network. Like you know, the little automatic video player pops up, and guess what the segment's called? Wait, what? Ugh. Mm. Wait, what? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> mm. What? <laughs> you should re. We should reiterate that. Uh, when we say that Fran Dunphy won a Good Guy Award, we mean the award was literally called the. Good it was guy called award. the Good Guy Award. <laughs> That was word for word what it was. But no, you're right. Uh, as far as 
he still fits the bill, not just because he won the award, but because of, for this reason, Tate. Uh, Temple had won seven of eight, including, and, and one of those wins, as we said, was beating Kelvin Sampson in Houston, who was undefeated. He ended Kelvin Sampson's undefeated dreams. Um, Temple did. So he went seven of eight going into the Penn game. Penn is the, the the school at which he coached before he took over at Temple. As you said, he's won 200 games at two schools. Yes. Uh, so he, he was the previous coach at Penn. This was also his final Big Five game in his career. He's Mr. Big Five. Best winning percentage, as you said. He he played at LaSalle, coached at Penn, coached at he was an assistant at LaSalle, now coaches at Temple. Philly Mafia, yeah. Philly guy through and through. And uh Penn is not great this year. They're not horrible, but they're just uh, a typical, typical forgettable college basketball team. And this and Temple goes in winning seven of eight and they lose to Penn, seventy seven to seventy. And the final big game the big five game of, of his career. Which, and then he turns around and on Monday he wins the good guy of the year of the year award. So it does still play. Which begs the question, did he pull the classic Bill Self and throw the game? Well, it's funny you bring that up because Mike Good Guy strings. of the Week pick. Yes. Please. Mike Good Guy of the Week pick is in fact Bill Self. Wow. Um I don't want to say I called this, but god damn it, did I call Kansas losing at West Virginia. In fact, I was so sure that this was going to happen that I swear to God, this is true, and I can produce the notes. I mean, there's no point in me like tweeting the notes because it's that that's taking it to the nth degree, and it's pretty lame, and nobody on earth cares that much. But I can produce the notes for you and Kyle. Yes, uh, please. That when we had our basketball meeting um, at theRinger.com, what was that in August? I think when we are are pitching ideas for the upcoming season to or what we want to do mm-hmm. uh, with basketball. One of my ideas I had written out on my notes was I wanted to go to the Kansas West Virginia game in Morgantown. And I wanted to I wanted to do like a video series leading up to the Kansas West Virginia game, uh, where I was practicing singing Country Roads because that is my favorite college basketball tradition. All I want to do before I die in college basketball is storm the court with West Virginia fans after they beat Kansas, and I want to sing Country Roads with everyone and be very drunk. And I was going to pitch this in the meeting, but then I quickly found out that the meeting was basically just all NBA ideas, so I, I saved it. But I did write it down, and uh, I say all that to say this, Tate. God damn it. <laughs> I should have been there. <laughs> Let's make Mark the Mountaineer. Let's do I want, it. Dude, that's how I do, want how it do so we make badly. This pop- I mean, you you have the beard. I mean, you 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 all you have to do is dress up like Daniel Boone, right? And then you're there. You're that's you're, it. you're the West that's Virginia Mountaineer. Um that's perfect. so after Kansas Kansas loses at Iowa State and I pulled out on this podcast, I started throwing out all the stats about Bill Self on the road yes. and how the only places he loses are basically Oklahoma State and West Virginia with a sprinkling of Iowa State every so often. And those are the places he always loses on the road at Kansas, right? And I, I brought up West Virginia, and I don't know, man. I should have gone all in on this. I mean, West Virginia was horrible. We, we've, we've talked about, one, Bill Self throwing games uh, in the Big 12. We've talked about Bob Huggins needs, desperately needs a win. This is this is the most good guy move of the year. This honestly feels like a good guy of the year nominee, Bill Self just losing this one game. I know that seems extreme to take a January game and make it a good guy of the year, but you can't get any gooder guy than this. To have a, have we know he's best friends with Bob Huggins. Yes. We know that they they have the pot belly, you know, when they get together, they probably rub their bellies together. They're sweatsuit homies. Like um, they wear sweatsuits, hang out, watch TV, <laughs> yeah. like drink Coors Light, you know, shoot the shit. Maybe Keystone. You know, West West Virginia's schedule, like, if you look ahead to the rest of... Like, West Virginia has... I think they have Tennessee on Saturday, if if, I, if I'm if i correct. Yeah, they have Tennessee on Saturday. They're at, at SEC Tennessee, SEC Big 12 Showdown. At the number one team in the country. Mm-hmm. Then they are at Iowa State next Wednesday, and that closes out their January. Tate, West Virginia has not won a single game in January. A single game in 2019. 
except for Kansas. This is not a coincidence. Bob Huggins called Bill Self, said, Bill, I need this. Like, just, I need, I need a favor. That's all I ask of you. I've been good to you over the years. We're best friends. You're going to win the Big 12 anyway. We all know it. I just, I really need this. It, this is the toughest year of my coaching career. Throw me a bone here. And Bill Self said, I got you, fam. Say no more. Yeah. And that's it. That's why this is good guy of the week. And I feel like it has a chance to be a good guy of the year pick. And it's very similar to the Bayheim K thing. You know, it's just like, you know, friends helping friends, people helping people. Also, I want to point out that Kansas is, you know, they have a, a freshman backcourt against the press. And what we've learned this year is it goes back to fundamental basketball questions like just beat the press, right? Mark Titus, how it, it seems mm-hmm. like we don't know how to beat the press anymore. We don't. I don't know. We where, don't know how to beat where, the press. Where are our fundamentals? Can we beat the press? Where has our press breaker gone? Yes. Where has it gone? So Bob Huggins strikes again. <laughs> uh, you can't beat the press. We learned a lot. That was a great good guy of the week. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I also want to point out, Fran Dunphy won the Dean Smith Award also, which is the goodest guy award to win. So yeah, was, he did. I saw that as well. In yeah. November, he was named the Dean Smith Award winner, which <laughs> all-time good guy. This was a great week for the good guys. Yeah, great guy. Great week. Good job. Uh, let's move on to bad guys. I also have two very obvious picks, and I have a feeling that we're going to cover both of them. So I will let you go first because uh, I, I have a feeling I know who your pick's going to be. Bad guy of the week. He's a minister, and I know what you're thinking. Probably Joel Osteen. You know, he probably has something to do with some university. Probably, <laughs> probably Grand Canyon, if we had to guess at this point. But who knows? But no, minister of culture, Matthew McConaughey. Yes, 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 yes. Come on. I mean, he's sitting on the bench. He's wearing a burnt orange, a, a burnt orange like suit. He's basically in the huddle. He's giving full speeches. He he said uh, recently, this is, a, I'm just looking up what's going on in Matthew McConaughey's life. life. He says, uh, making love, showering, swimming, playing the bongos. That's everything he enjoys doing naked. Uh, that's so, so that's what he's up to. And he's also... Just hanging out on the bench, basically coaching this team like he's We Are Marshall, you know, demanding them to mm-hmm. stand up. He's a gentleman, gentleman, gentleman. All right, all right, get up, get up, get up, get up. And then they're all like clapping and celebrating. And, you know, I mean, it's against Oklahoma arrival. He's actually a part of the staff. This is what this is what we need. This is what we want in college, you know. And you know who agrees with me? Rick Patino. Rick Patino. Wait, what? Richard what Patino. Continue. Richard Patino tweeted. In response to the Matthew McConaughey on the bench, he said, this is awesome, period. No exclamation, just period. This is awesome. His dad, <laughs> our coach, Coach Patino, responds, Brock Lesnar, where you at? And then you look it up. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, University of Minnesota, wrestling national champion in 2000. Mm-hmm. Big Minnesota yep. guy, going to get him on the bench. This is this is what we need in college basketball. We need celebrities on the bench cheering with the team. This is what bad guys do. We need people. We, we need the face. We need Ashley Judd on the bench. You know what I mean? We, we mm-hmm. need this to happen. We need them in the huddle. We need them performing. I, I couldn't agree with you more that uh, we, we, we need them on the bench. He, he was like he was literally in the huddle, sticking his hand in the huddle of, of these timeouts. It was incredible. Is Matthew McConaughey? Here's my question to you. Let's let's uh let's 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 talk about this for a second. Do you think Matthew McConaughey is the next Bill Murray? Because that's the vibe I'm getting here, Tate. Mm. That's what this is. I have a feeling Matthew McConaughey. We are like ten years away, maybe even less. From listen, I don't want anything to happen to Bill Murray. Uh, may he may he live forever. But uh, 
there's going to be a transition where Bill Murray doesn't have the energy to be the wacky, goofy guy that just pops up at house parties and is always just like randomly seen places and doing weird things. There's going to be a void. Matthew McConaughey feels like the obvious guy to step into that role and just show up wearing a fucking burnt oil. Like, how many people on earth could do that, though? That's the question I have. That's the one concern about you saying, let's get celebrities on the bench. How many people on earth could show up wearing a suit like that, sit down on the bench, and just like everyone is cool with it? It's like universally, this is an awesome thing and not like, wow, what a weirdo. Well, I don't think there are a lot. Well, it's funny you asked that because I had already had to brainstorm this. I don't think Brock Lesnar works. You know, we don't need a wrestler. That's just too intimidating. I was thinking, who else from Minnesota can work? And then I had to work it all the way back. Not a lot of choices out there, but you know what I mean? I get to Herb Brooks, right? Coaches the 81 Miracle Team, you know? Mm -hmm. Here we go. Kurt Russell. He played Mm -hmm. Herb Brooks in Miracle the Movie 2004, (laughs) Disney. Kurt Russell could do it. Kurt Russell could be Matthew McConaughey. Get him on the bench, Richard Pitino. Get him next to you. Get Kurt Russell coaching right there. He's been a coach before. He endears himself to the hockey world. I think that's the answer. I think it's Kurt Russell. I have, a, but as I have far a as like your you. celebrity, yes, Matthew McConaughey. But I don't think he's going to go anywhere but Texas. You know what I mean? He's he's he, going to do this Beach Bum movie. He's going to be out in L.A. for that, and he's going to be in Texas. Well, and then, but I'm saying he's still going to like. Uh, to your point, yeah, he's not going to do this at other places, but. Like Matthew McConaughey strikes me as a guy who is just randomly going to go to Coachella and oh, yes. just be there and be amongst the people and not really announce it and just ran- people are just randomly going to be talking about it and then he's going to just just some Saturday you're scrolling through Twitter and then Matthew McConaughey is trending because he's just at Coachella with his shirt off walking around taking pictures with people and he's by himself he didn't come he didn't go with anybody he doesn't appear to be he has no posse just there's nobody the wind, it's just man. him walking just around the wind yeah yep. Yeah. I got a better Minnesota pick for you. Please. Uh, Your favorite person on earth, John Schuster, Olympic gold medalist. Mm, Yes. (laughs) The shoes. Hometown hero, John Schuster. What a legend. I can't believe he won gold. Uh, That was such, that was one of the greatest comebacks in quite some time. Okay. I also want to point out, I looked up Matthew McConaughey, just Googled it. Here's what people also ask for on Google. What is Matthew McConaughey famous for? When did Matthew McConaughey (laughs) graduate from UT? Where does Matthew McConaughey's brother live? Are Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson related? These are great questions. Mm. I, I wonder. I didn't. I didn't look any of them up, but I mean, these are great questions. Yes, I don't know if I'm, they're related. I'm telling you, I think I'm onto something with this uh, Bill Murray thing because he's gonna. He, he also like McConaughey can say whatever he wants, and it's also funny or in, slash interesting to people. No matter what he does, yeah, it's funny or interesting, one of the two. He does the Lincoln car commercials, and they're both funny and interesting. He, he the all right all right all right thing is funny and interesting like everything he does is is fine with people they're cool that they're like oh that's McConaughey being McConaughey I El- love that Ellen asked him what's his favorite thing to do naked he said cooking if we're not deep frying anything <laughs> <laughs> you know like <laughs> unbelievable uh these are the oh questions God. he gets you know like he should have press conferences where people just ask him things like this Talks about the bongos. Oh man, this is that is a bad guy. That is a bad guy. I have That's another a big ba- time bad guy. I have another bad guy for you. Oh yeah, go ahead. Why don't you just go roll through like five or six of them, and and I'll I'll get to mine later. Go ahead. Who's your bad guy? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead, Tate. You're we're already down that road. Go. I'm on a ma- This is a minor bad guy. 
Dwayne okay, Wade. Major, I, I like this. Major and minor. This is a minor take. bad guy. Dwayne Wade and Marquette. Okay. No Tom Crean, though. I wish Tom Crean was there. But, I mean, the entire city of Milwaukee gave him an entire day to himself. D-Wade Day. D-W-D. Mm. And he had the whole family there. Gab Union's there. He had, like, a Marquette Letterman jacket that they gave him for his son, which Future said he's richer than Dwayne Wade's son with Gab Union. I don't know. Got to check Forbes. <laughs> but he did say that. But th- that was bad guy of the week uh, for me. Minor bad guy of the week, Dwayne Wade. And now, Mark Titus, your bad guy of the week. What took what took Marquette so long to retire his jersey is my question. Tom Crean. Tom Crean was blocking was it? it. He was like, I, I will come yeah. back to do that. They waited 15 years to retire the man's jersey when they should have done it. They should have done it before the 03 Final Four. Like after they <laughs> clinched the Final Four, they should have done it in that week leading up to the Final Four. Um, Good move for all right. Joe. My bad guy. My bad guy is more of the uh, the traditional vein, Tate. Uh, our boy, certainly my boy. I don't. I don't remember if he sent you a a gift card or not. Mister Mike Hopkins, head coach nice. of your Washington Huskies, um, landed a five star big man. Committed to Washington by the name of Isaiah Stewart, who picked Washington over Duke, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Syracuse. Um, he said he picked he picked Washington because he was tight with Mike. Hop- Mike Hopkins was recruiting him to Syracuse way back in the day. Then Hopkins takes the job at Washington, and he kind of he he said he liked him. His quote was, "I'm not your average recruit. I could have gone to another school and been just another one of those guys, but I feel like I'm special, and I feel like I deserve to go out there, and I feel like they deserve a top recruit." I'm going after Jaden McDaniels, who's also a five-star guy from Washington. And we are trying to build something out there. And then the question was, what was Washington's pitch to you? And he said, come out here and be the guy. Uh, 39 or 36 touches is what Noah Dickerson got in one game. That's the that's the quote I like. He said 30, he was like counting the number of touches and his range was pretty funny, 36 or 39. Uh, Noah Dickerson got, I just, I just want to get the ball. I'm an unselfish player and I know how to play with other guys. I want to change the culture out there. When I went out there, they were just bursting for someone, and I just felt it. I'm not really sure what that, by the way, the double entendre with there. When I went out there, they were just bursting for someone, and I just felt it. I just want to get the ball, comma, I'm an unselfish player. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. I'm an unselfish player, and I know how to play with other guys. They're selling touches. touches. It's not bags or gift cards. It's touches. It's like, you're going to get 40 touches. Everyone's like, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, Tate, do you think think Mike Hopkins sent Isaiah Stewart – uh, Starbucks gift card. That's the big question everyone wants to know. Was that what sealed the deal? No, because that's an illegal benefit. He would never do that. He just sold mm-hmm. him on touches. He wouldn't do that. 40 touches. All right, let's move on to Kyle Guy update. Uh, it, it was the game of the of the, of the the weekend, game of the year going into the weekend, uh, Duke versus Virginia, the, the showdown of the two number one teams in the AP and the coaches poll. Um, it ended up not being a great game. You can stop me if you ever disagree. I'll Let me make my point first, yes, I please. suppose, because I'm already started. Uh I felt like this was not a good basketball game. It was a close game between two good teams that had a lot of highlight plays, but somehow was not a good basketball game because it was basically just iso ball on both sides. Uh, And I've made my stance clear on iso ball. That's not for me. I'm not an iso ball guy, especially at the college level. I don't mind it at the NBA level because they're actually talented enough to consistently make sweet plays. And and a lot of times isolation is the right play. Mm -hmm. Um, But this was, this was not a fun game to watch. Uh, but it, it was a close game, and Duke won. And uh, what what are you what are we taking away from this, Tate? Jack White, I think the Jack off was uh, it lived up to the expectations because Jack White was on another level in this game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's that was like my big takeaway as far as being able to supply. I mean, 
first off, Coach K, I mean, good for him. He's just, this is a ride, you know. This He's just enjoying the ride. They're switching everything in this game, Duke is. Yes. I I, I don't think I've seen that in some, t- I mean, I don't know. K, Coach K is just letting it fly, you know what I mean? This is a, a very, well, if you're not going to talk, you might as well just switch everything and make it work. Duke played great defense in this game. Ty Jerome, I mean, Kyle Guy, you know, had a tough day. Our guy, Kyle Guy, uh, you know, just couldn't make anything happen uh, in Cameron Indoor. I'm sure it was so hot in there, Mark Titus. I can only imagine how hot it was. <laughs> 115, 120, something like that. Uh, but Zion and RJ, you know, I joked that RJ, uh, that uh, Zion was going to have 40 and 15. And, I mean, he has 27. He's 10 of 16. RJ, I mean, has 30 points. And then that brings up the question, and you had the answers, about R.J. Barrett, because he's 11 for 19 in this game, so it looked good. He iced it at the end, pretty much. But my man's taking the shots. He's Kobe, he is taking Kobe, the shots, He's Dave. Kobe Barrett. Kobe Barrett. I told, you, I told you before we started recording that I was digging up the stats yes. on, on R.J. Barrett's shot attempts, because this past week, this man shot 49 times in two games. Um. That's a lot of shots. If you're if you're not really a stat head when it comes to basketball and you don't know if 49 shots in two games is a lot, that is a lot of shots. And in fact, I, here's what I did for you, Tate. I went on. Uh, it's more than 40 reference. touches. Ba- that's for sure. It's a lot more. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart would love to play if 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 he could get the R.J. Barrett treatment, he would have been a Duke for sure. Yes. Um. So I went on I went on sportsreference.com, the basketball reference site, the the thing they have for the college basketball page, and you could do the search. You could search the shot. You can do like a lot of detailed searches. Their data for college goes back to 1992-93, so that's as far back as we can go. Um, we don't have the technology to, to dig any deeper than that, unfortunately. Yep, 93 uh, till infinity. So here's what I did. I tried to – so R.J. Bear is currently averaging 19.5 field goal attempts per game. That is a ton. <laughs> that is a lot. Uh, it is not like <laughs> – it is not like melt your face a lot, you know, like there are guys that get into the 23, 24, 25 a game range. Um, so it's not like earth shattering a lot, but it is kind of a lot for a guy at Duke. It feels like it's a lot for a, a guy playing at a place like Duke. So I wanted to confirm this. I looked up the most shot attempt average per game at Duke since 1992, 93. Redick. RJ Barrett is number one by a mile. RJ Barrett is averaging 19 and a half field goal attempts per game. J.J. Redick as a senior averaged 17.9, and he's second place. Number three is uh, Jeff Capel. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Uh, He shot shot 15.9. We have Jay Will, his sophomore and junior years, Mm. averaged about 15.5 a game. Nolan Smith's on here. Redick's again on here. We have Grayson in 2016. He shot about 14 times a game. Um, but that gives you an RJ, idea of like, RJ, like Redick and RJ. O- you can have 120 touches a game. 120 touches, dude. Redick in 06, the entire offense That's was designed around him, and he shot he shot 18 times a game, and RJ Barrett shooting 20 times a game. So um, I don't know. Do do what you want with that information. No player had scored more than 22 points against Virginia. RJ and Zion both do that, which I thought was pretty impressive. That's the one thing I will give them, but well, our, but where where does Co- when does Coach K step in? That let me let me ask you as an objective outsider who has watched a lot of Duke basketball, you know who who believes in the Duke content brand. When do you think Coach K is going to say RJ, pass the fucking ball? You know what I mean? Like when's he going to say it? You know what I mean? Like when is he going to finally get to that point? Because he's not. He's the point guard. That's right the beauty now. of this. Like he's the point shooter. You know what I mean? Like he just this like brings the- it up and shoots. This is the beauty of modern Duke basketball is that Kay has has made this bed and he can't he can't do anything 
to to change it now. Like this is the this is the path that he's chosen, and he can't do anything about it. He's he's not going to say anything, and that's what's so hysterical, and that's why you and I just can't stop talking about Duke. Is just it's so goddamn funny that that Coach K has got to this point in his career where he's allowing he's allowing a freshman to shoot twenty times a game when he's teammates with the national player of the year and the number one pick. That's the other caveat. Like this would be absurd if if this Duke team was horrible and RJ was still shooting like twenty times a game. That would still be like kind of crazy. But he's teammates with the best player in the country who is going to be the number one pick, and he's shooting 20 times a game. I don't want to make this about RJ, by the way. Let, let's we, like I really want to talk about the game because I'm going to get fired up. Like I, I, I'm getting very frustrated watching this because Zion is incredible, and I, I love Zion. I love watching him. I, I can't. I'm a, a massive fan of the guy, uh, and I, I think there's an interesting discussion to be had about both Virginia and Duke. Um, but I, I want, I did want to bring that up because RJ, I, most of my quote unquote hatred for RJ Barrett is stems from loving Zion Williamson and really um, liking the idea of Cam Reddish and knowing that if if R.J. Barrett, God forbid, rolled his ankle and was out for a few games, like Cam Reddish, it would be the greatest thing that happened to Cam Reddish and he we would actually get to see how good he actually is. And I would love to see that. Not the rolled ankle part. I'm not rooting for injuries. Uh, just I want to see Cam Reddish flourish a little bit. And R.J. Barrett's just getting in everybody's way. But at the same time, as we said, he did drop 30. He got anywhere he wanted on the floor against Virginia. And I think that's the interesting thing about this specific game was that Virginia's pack line defense could not stop drives. And that's the one thing it's designed to do. But at the same time, weirdly, Tate, I felt like it was just like I felt like Virginia shouldn't really panic with their defense. Like their defense isn't as good as it as it historically has been. Um, it, it was definitely a problem that Duke could kind of drive. Certainly Zion and RJ could drive anywhere they wanted. But so many of those drives, like Virginia was technically playing like decent defense. And those two dudes are just so good and so determined that they can just put their head down and do a little Euro step or like just jump over a guy or jump through something or or just burst of athleticism. Yeah. Uh made it really, really hard to stop them. So it was it was fascinating in both regards. One that like Duke Duke could kind of get where they wanted on the floor, but then at the same time, like one, I didn't think it was like great offense from Duke necessarily. It was just all ISO stuff. And two, I don't think Virginia should really panic because you're not facing another team that's like this where you have two guys that can drive like that. Well, you knew if you're Virginia that you're going to deal with this athleticism. And I think they actually matched up you know, pretty well, I mean, considering who they're dealing with, which is the probably the two best in the country. And they get beat off the dribble, right? I mean, you knew what Zion was going to do. I mean, it wasn't there was no question what he was going to do, but he could still do it. I mean, that's, he's pretty right. much unstoppable. Right. You gotta, you just gotta go into that game expecting that, like I said, no player had scored more than 22 against Virginia. You knew that those guys were g- gonna get their points, and, and that just is what it is because they're so talented. And Zion, I mean, it, it's not like he's doing anything surprising, right? It, it's pretty he, predictable what he's gonna do, but you just can't stop it. You know, it, I mean, that's why he's, to me, that's why it reminds me of LeBron. The shot is what it is, and it is coming along, and I don't think that's even something to worry about because, like you said, he puts his head down and just moves people out of the way and can finish whenever he wants to because, again, he is just 285 pounds. I mean, that is just... Can I... Uh, you can't stop that. Can I be the first... Am I the first one to bring this up? The, Zion and RJ is what would have happened if Kobe and LeBron played together. <laughs> can I can, can can I be that? Can I throw out that comparison? Have we heard that comparison yet? No, wanna, not yet. I want to bring that one up. Um, <laughs> uh so about, it's about Virginia though. Um, so so on the one hand, Duke um, Duke beats Virginia. Obviously, a big win for them. Virginia was the last undefeated team. Congrats to Virginia on being the final undefeated team because Michigan lost earlier in the day. Uh, we know that that ended that 
was a great thing for Arizona State last year. So here's to hoping you guys find just as much success. <laughs> Bob, <laughs> Bob Hurley State is did. clapping somewhere right yeah. now, standing up. Yeah. Yes. Um, Speaking of quickly, so, Lugans Dort got shaken up by Peyton Pritchard. Granted, that game was uh, atrocious, but Oregon, uh, Lugans Dort and Bob Hurley, that was a that was a bad. Uh, if you only watch college basketball through memes and videos and like that, uh, Lugans Dort, did you see that? And then we'll go back. No sidebar. All right. No, that back. that is your that Pac- is your Pac-12 update. That is Pac-12 update. <laughs> uh, West Coast basketball. Uh, we just cut in uh, with that nice update. Uh, Peyton Pritchard shook up Lugan Stewart, and yes, that is right. Uh, that was not mixed up. That's what happened. All right, back to it. Back to uh, uh, I was talking about Virginia. So Virginia. Um, I thought the the one good thing about this was they they do show even though they lost whatever. Uh, they the, the the offense the fact that they were isolating like it's a little worrisome that Duke got Virginia to play Duke style and Virginia didn't impose their will in this game, but I guess the one silver lining for Virginia is that uh this is a plan B like having having a guy like DeAndre Hunter who could get any shot he wanted in this yeah, game eighteen points it was it, it was great um and 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 they could go ISO ball with some of some of the stuff they were doing like some of the guy like Jerome and Guy weren't particularly great um but they were it was okay they they what they shoot 3 for 17 as a team from the three point line you can clean all this stuff up i think it's the the idea that we go into the NCAA tournament every year with virginia and we know that they're a great team every year the problem is do they have a plan b tate and the answer as we know has more often than not been no they do not and when shit hits the fan they panic they don't know what to do um I think that's the encouraging sign is that having a guy like DeAndre Hunter that you can throw the ball to in a game like this against Duke. If this if this game happens again in the Elite Eight or the Final Four, uh, they're they're not overwhelmed when they can't stop RJ and Zion. Yeah, they, exactly. They can go shot for shot with them and hope that in the end they pull it out. And it, it's not like a you don't you don't get those panic shots of like Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy looking at the bench like I don't know what the fuck to do, Coach. We're screwed. Um, so I think that's the silver lining. But then obviously if you're Duke. You beat Virginia. You beat an undefeated team. You torched one of the best defenses in college basketball. Uh, so it's one of those uh, everybody's a winner thing. But it was not a good basketball game. They were they were combined five for thirty one from the three point line. Uh, a lot of ISO ball. I I I don't. I Trey Jones does have to come back for Duke. I will stand by that. Like I don't think Duke. If Trey Jones is if if news breaks that Trey Jones out for the year, I I'm off the Duke bandwagon for sure because I don't think they can win six games in a row in the NCAA tournament playing that way. Well, they're playing five wings pretty much, right? I mean, they have no – I mean, Bolden, I guess, is in there sometimes as their real big man. But for the most part, they're they're switching everything, which is wild. And I I got to say it, is Coach K stat padding at this point? Because he just <laughs> he's just rolling the ball out, Titus. I mean, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's working out. And I think the encouraging side for Virginia is these are the two best athletes you'll face. You matched up well with them. We all saw that on a big stage, and they didn't play particularly well, and they were still, you know, within within range. I mean, they lost by four, but you know, he hit the shot. Hunter hit the shot at the end uh, to make it cut it to two. But uh, I, I would say the big thing from this game was that Zion Williamson dunk, though. Now I said when like he ended Jay Huff's life. Yes. When when Jay Huff Jay Huff comes in and was giving Virginia great minutes, he had like what two block shots like right away, and and was it two dunks? Is that how he scored his four points? I think he had like two dunks. Um, Jay Huff, the hometown kid back in Durham, was was giving Duke the business, kind of. And then Zion just yams all over him, and that was the end of that. And we never saw of him again. He's, he's, he's with Dolajai somewhere. They're both yeah, just like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should just call it Zion, Zion Island. 
Zion. Zion Island. Yeah. yeah. You just go there and you're done. He was exiled to Zion Island. <laughs> you, you were run over by a, a Jeep going 10 miles per hour. It is over. Uh, it is officially over. Um, I I will say the big thing is, Duke, is you got to stop those. I mean, it's obviously the most simple thing to say, but you have to stop like that big play by Zion. You know what I mean? It just enters. It, it, that place goes crazy. That's what Cameron lives for. And Zion is built for those mm-hmm. moments. He's, I mean, he's of another world. He really is. Uh, moving on. You got any other thoughts on Duke Virginia, or should we throw it to Kyle and get Kyle's guy of the week? Who I have a feeling is going to be Tom Brady. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gronk. Um, Gronk for sure. So yeah, my Julian guy, Edelman. <laughs> <laughs> my my guy. Um, I was at the uh, the dark room on Monday just for like five seconds, and there was a uh, Michigan State playing uh, Maryland. And it was going to be Cassius Winston, but you know what? Fuck all this. You're right. It's Tom Brady, five-time Super Bowl champion, <laughs> nine-time Super Bowl contender. Throw the segment out. Kyle. It's fine. It's Tom no, Brady. No, don't do this. Fuck Cassius Winston, Kyle, Michigan I... State. Fuck this podcast. It's Tom Brady. Do you think Tom Brady thought when 50 Cent retired from rap that rap ended? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he, he thinks, like, 50 Cent invented rap and then got out. He was like, I'm, yeah. Tell you, we've talked about it enough. You know my feelings. It's fine. I respect TB. If TB12. Uh, someone needs to, someone needs to tell a, Tom Brady about That guy could be a Martian for sure. Like, if you told me that, you know what I mean? Like, Mars attacks. He's good enough. He's good enough to be. He's an alien. Yeah, I'm sorry I let you guys down on the segment, but you know what? It's all right, Kyle. Go with your heart. I mean, Cash Winston was something we needed to talk about. Can we talk about Michigan State, Titus? Because that is the— uh, Yeah, I've real seen, quick. I, I've seen it on every single show with college basketball. Seth Greenberg, Jay Williams, all the all the big timers, Jay Will, everyone. Michigan State is a team that is under the radar now. You know what I mean? That's what everyone keeps bringing up. You brought up Izzo. So uh, a, a picture came out of Link for not wearing a boot. Uh, goes back to your point about the mystery. Huh. Something, huh. something, something to think about. You know, when we look at Michigan State, but but overall, I mean, they beat Maryland, a team we talked about earlier, turging, you know, zero and seventeen on the road again against ranked teams. And if you look at Michigan State, they are the team that no one's talking about, but now everyone's talking about, and it's right on time. It's right on cue for Izzo. Yeah, Michigan State's good, as I've said uh, on this podcast many times. Um, it's I'm still in the process of shedding my old thoughts on Michigan State and building new ones. So I'm coming around. Like I, I, I objectively understand that they're great. It's just it's it's taken me some time to uh to settle into a world where Cassius Winston is one of the top five point guards in the country. You know? That's it's 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 hard for me. I don't I don't know how else to explain it, Tate. But yeah, they're they're incredible. Um it's definitely a Michigan, Michigan State and everyone else in the Big Ten. Uh that 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 makes for an exciting situation for when those two teams play each other is that uh that game means that much more um but yeah i i i have i agree with everything you're saying i don't know what else to add to this except to say like maryland i watched maryland play in ohio state and maryland had a good thing going like i I think it's easy for us to to laugh at maryland losing (laughs) at michigan state as though this is par for the course with maryland because it feels like every time maryland gets kind of good they find a way to kind of remind you that they're not actually an upper echelon team um, but it should be said, like they were playing, Maryland's playing really, really good basketball. They are, they have a very good team this year and Michigan state just like, I don't know. They, was, they, they won pretty easily. And it was big for the cash Winston versus Anthony Cowan, big 10 player of the year. You know, I mean, that, that was like a, a little wrinkle in the race, I guess. Also, do you see the is own, uh, you know, they had the board for the game. They had, they had Turgeon as crush from finding Nemo. 
That's what they marked him as. What? And I don't know if that was like just because they were the turtles or the turps, the turtles, the turps. Uh, so I guess like, you know, he's a turtle for that. I don't know. But then I just thought about if Mark Turgeon was that laid back, you know, and that kind of just laissez-faire and just, you know, mm. th- that would be hilarious. Yeah, but dude. didn't make uh, much sense to me. Nick Ward. Nick Ward had zero points, and Josh Langford didn't play, and Michigan State handed it to Maryland, the third best team in the Big Ten. So, yes. If the question is, do I think Michigan State is good, the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is yes, Tate. Can I Can I? So, inter- can I introduce a, a mystery to you? Because we haven't done a mystery all year. I've been really fretting about this. And uh, please do. And we we consider ourselves, you know, the, basically the Hardy Boys of college basketball. And uh, this is a mystery um, that I want to dub the Martin Twin Mystery. So, Mark Titus, uh, you know this this can be quick. This can be uh, we can gloss over this, but I just want to throw this out in the ether of the world uh, between you and I. I've been thinking a lot about uh, the second half must bus. And I know that, mm-hmm. you know, last podcast, you know, we, we talked about maybe, you know, getting away from the bus, but I'm still riding. I'm still on the bus. I'm, okay. I'm still I'm still hanging out with Muss, you know, yelling, ripping his shirt off. I get it. Uh, still number seven. They beat Air Force by 15. I don't know if you saw that. But here's the Martin twin mystery. Cody, Caleb Martin, transferred in. Uh, five, five transfers. I don't know if you've heard that, but that's what uh, Nevada has as starters. But Cody and Caleb... What if, Mark Titus, they were to, I don't know, if one of them's hot in a game, let's say Cody, who was, you know, hit the big shot mm-hmm. the other week, let's say he's hot and they're keying on him. What if he goes in at halftime and switches his jersey with his brother, who looks exactly like Whoa. him, very similar to the Morris twins? Whoa. What if he switches his jersey so in the second half they're keying on him, who they think is Cody, but is Whoa. actually Caleb? And then the other one who's not getting keyed on scores a lot of points because he's hot. <laughs> Whoa. And oh, that, my whoa. friends, whoa. is the Martin Twin mystery. Holy shit. It's the old... Uh, the rope the old twins. The must-bust rope It's the old twins going, to the, the twins going to the wrong class in high school move. Yes. We had, we had sister, twins that did sister. that. This is brother-brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where's wow. Facebook? Where's LeVar Ball? Produce this, brother, brother. I, so this is. Tangible. I think I can. I think I can get behind this. Um, also, like, what if one of them fouls out and the other one, like, we we, we could see that as well. The, the the crazy thing is, Tate, we have no way of proving that hasn't already happened like twenty times in their careers. There's no way of knowing. We can't prove it. We don't have the technology. We can't do that. Release the so, tapes. Well, we could do halftime release the stats, tapes. right before and after halftime. That's really the only way, right? Yeah. There's no way of. There's no way of fact checking this. No one. No one knows. Uh. So yeah. This is a great idea. I, I think you're onto something. Listeners, get on it. I like this. I like this a lot. This is the new um, mystery. We'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on this. We'll work on it. Keep an eye on it for sure. Yeah, one guy gets hot in the first half and the other steps up in the second. That that I, that smells like bullshit to me for sure. <laughs> uh, real, real, <laughs> real, <laughs> real quick, uh, and then we'll get to the Brad interview because we, we've been talking too long. The people want to hear from the, the legend himself. Um, a Cal's, Cal's guy update. Uh, I, 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 there, there wasn't a lot of action with Cal's guy other than on Sunday, Derrick Rose hit a game winner to beat the Suns. Uh, and there's a lot of talk about Derrick Rose possibly making the uh, all-star game tape. Derrick Rose had the 50 point game in November. He's averaging like 19 and five assists shooting like 43% from the three point line, former MVP, fun story, 
on the comeback, all that kind of shit going on. Um, that was my pick for Kyle's guy of the week. So there you have it. And D Rose deserves to be in the All Star game. I mean, he's averaging the most points he's averaged since the season after he won his MVP. He looks like he loves basketball again. He looks happy. He's doing it without Thibodeau. Give it to D Rose. He's gonna make the All Star team over Conley, and I'm gonna be so mad. We 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 well, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Uh, but we on this podcast, we are a fan of redemption. Greg Oden, friend of the program, you know what I mean. We want redemption for some of these guys that get overlooked. And D Rose, people were sleeping on him, and now he's back. And it's it, Greg's birthday today, by the way. Happy, happy birthday, birthday Greg. Greg! Wow. Happy birthday! Come back on the pod. Um. All right, it's time, folks. We're we're doing it. We yes. are uh, we are going. To have on the man, the myth, the legend. Here he is. Our interview with Buzzcut Brad Davison. Yeah, Brad guy. Quick break before the big interview with Buzzcut Brad to talk about the Black Tux. Stand out at your event for the right reasons with theblacktux.com. The Black Tux offers the kinds of suits and tuxedo styles that would normally be wildly expensive to buy and you might only wear once. With the Black Tux, simply rent them online so you can blow it out for your big one-time event and take your style to the next level. With the Black Tux's free home try-on, you can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before your event. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before the event. If anything is less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. Returns are simple. Just wear it, turn heads, then send it back three days after your event. Shipping is free both ways. We have this set up for the Final Four. We have kind of cornered ourselves into wearing tuxes for the final four every year but using the term cornered ourselves makes it sound like a bad thing and i'm actually very excited for this date that this is going to be our brand where we just wear tuxes to the final four every year we just walk around we've alcoved ourselves high five people. yes yeah yeah it's great it's a great thing we've done and now like no one can call us out for being douches for wearing tuxes because we're just like listen it's it's we're, we're in too deep now we can't turn back at this point so uh, yeah, we're, we have, we're we're thankful the Black Tux is going to set that up for us. To get twenty dollars off your first purchase, go visit theblacktux.com and enter code Shining. That's theblacktux.com code Shining for twenty dollars off your purchase. The Black Tux premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. All right, on the line is a man who needs no introduction. Uh, if you have a pulse, if you breathe oxygen, you know this man. Um, but certainly, if you listen to this podcast. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm almost in disbelief that we have this man on the line, Tate. Um, he yes. is a cult hero of ours. Uh, I cannot be any more excited to have him joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the one, the only, the man I call Buzzcut Brad, Brad Davison. How are we doing, Brad? How's the weather in Madison? It is, I'm in, I'm in Columbus, Ohio, and it is like minus 10 right now. Is it colder in Madison? <laughs> That is quite the introduction. I appreciate it. Uh, it's about, <laughs> it was minus four when I walked to the gym this morning. Um, so it's getting there. Wait, so it's, I'm sure we only get it, it only gets colder from here. It's warmer in Madison than it is in Ohio. Man, that's like a tropical paradise up there. That's, nice. That sounds like a nice place <laughs> to be, Brad. We are Kyle and I, producer Kyle and I. We are in Los Angeles. It's about sixty-five degrees, but we are chomping on your behalf right now. We are chomping for you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Hey, Brad. We have to start here. Uh, What's the deal with the Buzz Cut? This is the question that everyone wants to know. Um, I am an, a, I'm going to set the stage for those who are just tuning in and trying to understand uh, why we call you Buzz Cut, Brad. Why this is my first question. Um, I played basketball at Ohio State. Uh, when I, I I would get the scouting reports every every time we played Wisconsin, and we would have headshots of all the players. And I noticed that every single white guy that played for Wisconsin, and I don't mean that like figuratively. I mean literally every single white guy for Wisconsin. <laughs> they, they had a Buzz Cut. 
And I started going through old scouting reports, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is true of, like, every single year. They all have buzz cuts. So then Mike Brusowitz comes along, grows out his fro, kind of kills the whole buzz cut thing. Yeah. And then and then Kaminsky and Decker, like, you know, they go, go to shaggy. Final Four tiers in a row. Yeah. They go shaggy. I, I thought the buzz cut thing was dead. And then lo and behold, you show up in Madison, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's back. But then now you're growing your hair out. I'm You can't do this. There's too much riding on this, Brad. <laughs> so I've had a buzz cut ever since ever since I can remember. Um, you know, I promised my friends in high school that I would always keep the buzz cut, and that was kind of the that was the plan coming into college, um, and it still is the plan. And then actually, my my pastor's wife cuts my hair. Um, it, it was my mom who cut my hair all the way to college, uh, but now she's not in Madison all the time, even though she wishes she was. Um, but so she cuts my hair, and we were at her house. And actually, a guy you know, Micah Potter. Yes. Who, uh, oh yeah, of course. For house days. Yep, he was there with a couple of my teammates. And, you know, she, I was in the chair, and she's like, can I just try something? And I was like, ah, you know, I think the buzz cut's kind of me. I think that's kind of what I'll roll, what I'll roll with. And, you know, Micah and Joe, a couple of guys on my team, are like, just let her try it, let her try it. Um, so she started trying some things. Next thing you know, she started putting some gel and product in my hair. <laughs> oh, um, wow. And I, I was kind of captive because, again, she had the clippers. Um, and she said, if you don't like it at the end, we could just buzz it off because it doesn't take that long to do a buzz cut. Um, but you know, I started to kind of like it. Um, it's growing on me. I'm not sure what the plan is moving forward. Um, but I'm going to keep it longer for right now. You know, you can't, you can't change oh. up the haircut after a big win against no. Michigan. So you got to, got to keep it rolling oh, yeah. at this point. Damn it. That, that's true. That is a good point. You can't, you can't mess with superstition, but I, it really right. hurts me because Last year, so last year you had the buzz cut. You also had the separated shoulder move, which became, listen, I, I am famously a Big Ten injury conspiracy theorist. Like currently, my theory about Josh Langford of Michigan State is that I think Michigan State's peaking too soon. I think the Josh Langford injury is just kind of like a little, you know, it's a little too mysterious for me. I think there's something going on where they're trying to manufacture some adversity. Um, I'm not accusing you of anything, Brad. I'm just saying... That last year, your separated shoulder thing was like your finishing move in wrestling. Your, it was like your version of hulking up, where if you, if the team needed to go on a run, you dive for a loose ball, the thing would pop out, you go on the sideline, pop it back in, check back in, the place is going crazy, and now all of a sudden, Wisconsin's back. Um, so you had that mystique, you had the buzz cut, now we have neither one. What do we have to latch on with you now? Like What, what, what is it about you that I, I need something besides just, I guess the charges, the charges, right, Tate? Yeah, the five charges, right, Brad? We got to talk about that game. I, I assumed that you grew your hair out because that became such a controversial talking point everywhere. Because you take the five charges, you take the big game-winning charge. You know, everyone talks about your toughness, your grit, your leadership, your game-changing plays that you made in this game. And then people were talking about what a charge is. You're like, you, you become the face of the charge. I mean, how did how did you handle that public pressure? You know, I mean, you were you were you were the face of the charge everywhere. Everyone pointed to you. <laughs> right. Going back to the shoulder, it was strictly motivation for the team. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Beautiful. I don't know. It was something that I, well, to be honest, the five-charge game, it wasn't really anything I, during the game, I didn't think it was that big of a deal because I've been taking charges ever since I started playing basketball. You know, I grew <laughs> up watching my sisters and my middle sister, Angie, she always took charges and I wanted to be just like her. So I started taking charges. Um, and I've had numerous games in high school where I took five charges, but I didn't really think anything of it until I went on social media after the game and saw the, the outlash about it that continued <laughs> the next month. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just it's part of the game. You know, I can't necessarily make the, the big-time blocks or the big-time dunks. So 
I uh, I play more closer to the ground, so I got to find out find a different way to make some energy plays out there. Were you trying to steal the charge conversation away from Zion Williamson? That you were you as sick as we are about hearing about who would take a which I guess Tate, this is the question. This is the mm. billion dollar question mm. that America wants to know. Would you take a charge on Zion Williamson, Brad? <laughs> oh, 100%. Well, Brad, you do know that it is a Jeep going 10 miles per hour, right? You know that, right? (laughs) (laughs) I saw that tweet. So be careful. (laughs) You don't want to get run over. Dolezal for Syracuse hasn't been, he hasn't bounced back yet. We haven't seen him. So (laughs) he's out for, he's out for the year. Yeah. Hey, speaking of, speaking of Duke guys, uh, do you know Trey Jones at all? You're from Minnesota. He's from Minnesota. You're both point guards. Did you like play against him in high school? Trey's one of my best friends. Um, Oh, okay. Trey's one of my best friends. We talk almost every day. Um, and we played for Howard Pulley growing up together on the same team. Puppy. Um, so we always um we've always been close growing up. Did uh have you gotten on him about his separated shoulder and how it feels like he's gonna be out for a while? And with your separated shoulder, as we said, you were you were out there. How many games did you miss last year? I forget. Uh, I didn't miss any game. <laughs> Never. Oh, exactly. You're the cow exactly. in a basketball, that's right. Exactly. So uh, uh, has that much, has that come up? Different injury. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So hey, we talked. We talked after his game, and we've continued to talk. Um, you know, it's, it's a different injury. Um, there's a different thing that he's dealing with. Um, and his, I think, his. I don't know if it's on his shooting arm or not. Um, but it's a different injury, so completely different. Um, I'm not. Gonna, okay. I can't really. No, you can uh, take I can't blame him for that. I don't know what what pain he's going through and things he has to deal with. Um, but I'm 100 on his side. If he. If he doesn't think he should play yet, and I'm sure I know, knowing him, I know he wants to play and wants to be there every minute for his team. Um, so I'm sure it's the I, trainers holding him back more than him. I get it, Brad. Well, you take the high road. We'll uh, we'll we'll make accusations for you. We'll keep driving on that low road. All right, all right. We'll let America know that you're tougher than him. Don't worry. We'll 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 be your mouthpiece for you. <laughs> um. So hey, speaking of speaking of growing up in Minnesota, so uh, why I I was going to ask you I actually wrote this down but I, now I'm about to ask it I already know the answer because I was going to ask you how did you end up in Wisconsin but I sort of feel like this was preordained from birth that you had the buzz cut you're taking the charges um you had no other choice like did, did Wisconsin even recruit you or did you just sort of like have a draw to Wisconsin like did you just like wake up one day and you're in Madison and you're like I guess I'm on the Wisconsin team now mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I recruited Wisconsin um okay. so you know growing up so I was I just a big fan of the Big Ten. Um, so I actually had season tickets to the Gophers game and I always watched the Big Ten games. Um, and, you know, kind of growing up, it was kind of the era of Wisconsin always kind of seemed to be at the top. And so it was a team that I, I liked the way they played. Um, I enjoyed watching Jordan Taylor, uh, Ben Bruss, those types of guys. Um, and it's something that I, my style of play um, and the guys that they have on the roster, I kind of just saw myself fitting in, um, not only <laughs> with the buzz cut, but just style of play. Um, and so it was, yeah. kind of, it was one, of the, one of those programs that I always wanted to play for growing up. Do you get do you get annoyed with your style of play um, that people don't think you're as good as what you actually are? That uh, especially, I feel like Aaron Kraft kind of ruined you, or maybe he helped you out offensively. That um, Aaron Kraft couldn't shoot, and everyone just like by the time he graduated, everyone was like, "This dude sucks," and it's so annoying that he's good. And I, I feel like you're sort of getting the same treatment where people don't want to admit you're good. Does that drive you nuts, or do you just not really care? Uh, I mean, at first it did. Um, but to be honest, at this point, you know, I don't really pay attention to what the outside critics say or kind of what the outside noise is. I just try to do the best I can to help my team win. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of people talk about the Chargers defensively, um, driving the floor and those types of plays. But I also know that I can do a lot more for this team. 
Um, so that's kind of what yeah. I hang my hat, what I hang my hat on. Um, but I try not to listen to all of it. And personally, Aaron Kraft was one of the guys that I really, since I watched the Big Ten, he was one of my favorite players growing up. And I loved the way he played, and I thought he played the game the right mm. way. Um, and so I always tried to, you know, defensively, just being a pest in the ball and the energy he played with and the fist pumps and all that, um, I loved it. And so he's always, well, people kind of use that as a degrading way, saying I play Aaron Kraft. I think that's one yeah. of the biggest comments I can get personally. Dude, I remember when you first when I the first game I saw you play, I thought you're just Aaron Kraft. I was like, oh, so it's Aaron Kraft again. And then you hit a step back three, and I was like, whoa, he's not Aaron Kraft because <laughs> Aaron Kraft could not do that. I promise you that. <laughs> oh man. Um. So I want to talk to you about Ethan Hat because uh, <laughs> both of you together are we we talk a lot about you, and I hope you understand that we we genuinely do have an affection. It for is you. all out uh, of love, we, Brad. We, always out of love. It truly is out of love. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I feel that. like. I've thought back on things I've said about Ethan Happ, and sometimes I feel like I might be too critical, but like this guy confuses the hell out of me. I'm watching you guys beat Michigan. We should talk about Michigan a little bit. You, you beat Michigan. You had the big win. Um, but but more importantly, Ethan Happ, uh, I described him as as like you 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 you're creating a player on a video game, and you only get so many points to use on attributes, and you max out everything, and then you forget that there's like four more attributes you have to put points into, and you're just like, ah, screw screw it, I'll leave those as zero. And those are like his, that's like his jump shot, but like everything else, he can handle the ball. He can pass. He can re. That's how I describe Ethan Happ. How would you describe Ethan Happ's game? Who he's like the most unique player I've ever seen in my life. How would you describe his game as someone who plays with him um, to, to, to people that have never seen him play? How would you even begin to describe him? Um, you know, I agree that he's extremely unique. And you know, I think he's one of the best playmakers in the country, though. Um, playing with him, it makes the game a lot easier for people around just because of how much attention he creates. Um, and he makes them. His footwork around the rim is second to none um, nowadays. Just the way he uses the rim, the way he uses his body and gets to his spot. Um, he's not necessarily the biggest guy, but I mean, against John Testy, who's seven one, a really big shoulder guy, he's able to get around him quite a few times. Um, so his, his ball handling, his footwork, the way I describe him is he was he was a guard growing up and then had a growth spurt, and now he's a post player with all those different guard skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people talk about the jump shot, uh, but it's something that he's continued to work on. Um, he's getting better at it. Um, and I'm sure going down here at the end of the season, he'll get more more shots up. Um, but, you know, it's an extremely difficult guy to guard. I think it's a testament to how good he is at those other things, even though I don't necessarily respect him from outside, um, like three-point range yet. Um, but I'm sure they will because he's putting a lot of time in on it, and we have a lot of confidence in him moving forward from there. So you're saying he's a young that's, young Anthony Davis, right? That's what you're, that's what you're, <laughs> you're pointing out? He's going to grow into it? <laughs> young Anthony Davis. There could be some similar qualities. Anthony Davis is a little let's, different. Let's make that the headline um, but, out of know, this podcast. He's a great college basketball player for sure. Well, that's what's crazy is is you watch him play and and I make the same joke that that this man has like one post move and I say this as an Ohio State fan like if I'm being completely honest I just say it as a guy who uh, is really frustrated that my Big Ten schools cannot stop Ethan Happ. Um, he has one post move. He goes. He spins baseline and everyone knows it. Yet he he continues to drop like twenty plus points on people and destroy everybody and in a weird way it is uh, I don't know maybe instead of be complaining that why can we not stop this I should just sit back and appreciate him I, I'm I'm going to appreciate Ethan Hatton, right, I think it's one of those things that it's like Tom Brady going to eight straight AFC championships you kind of hate it because it keeps happening <laughs> and that's the thing right. where exactly you should appreciate the greatness because everyone knows what he can and cannot do and what you know he excels at in the areas he's good at and he still gets to his spots and he still makes, you know, the left hand, the right hand, the hook shots. Um, I think some definitely that people need to appreciate. Hey, you look at the statistics and what he does, he's going to go down as one of the big 10 greats mm-hmm. of all time. So it's pretty impressive. He really is. 
extremely thankful that I was able to uh, play with him for two years here. He really is like one of the greatest Wisconsin players, one of the greatest Big Ten players ever. It's it's wild. Um, spe- you brought up Tom Brady. Speaking of football, uh, this is this is the question that is going to break your brain. It is the question that uh, okay. we might have to cut from the podcast. Um, you grew up in Minnesota. I believe you are a Vikings fan, if my research backs that up. Yes, sir. Uh, you currently live in Wisconsin. What are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, who is who has a tie-ish with the Wisconsin basketball program? Although we don't see him as much anymore, right. Tate. Isn't that weird? How when they're going to the mm. final, when they're playing for go, go to the final four, Aaron Rodgers is front and center, clapping on TV with then, Olivia Munn. Uh, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. And then suddenly he's nowhere to be found. Last year when you guys were struggling a little bit, huh? What a front runner. Uh, what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I, I want to see you diplomatically uh, well, all, work your way through this one. <laughs> okay, so I grew up in Minnesota. So I'm a Vikings fan through and through, and I always will be a Vikings fan. Um, my sister's husband, my brother-in-law, is the middle linebacker for the Steelers, LJ Fort. So I'm wow. a Steelers fan. So I'm a Vikings and Steelers mm. fan. Um, but growing up, I was a quarterback in high school. And so I have a great appreciation for quarterbacks. I love watching great quarterbacks. Um, so I have a lot of respect for Aaron Rodgers and his greatness, and I appreciate his greatness. Um, but when it comes down to it, I am a Vikings fan, so I can't say I'm a Packers fan. But I could say I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers. Um, and to his credit, um, he was at one of our games last year, and he was in the in the locker oh, okay. after we beat Indiana, um, and we won that game. And we, I know we didn't win as many games as we wanted to last year, but we did win the one he was at. So if he's listening to this, we'd love to have him back for another game. Kind of like good luck for him last, last year. So oh, nice. Aaron Rodgers. He's listening. Oh, he's listening for sure. I appreciate nice. his greatness, and would love to have him at another Badger game. Uh, short answer oh, is blame Danica Patrick, right? That's all, that's all I got to say. She doesn't <laughs> want to go to the games. Too. Yeah, there you go. Too. Perfect. He's he's <laughs> definitely going to come back. You guys just beat Michigan. You beat the one of the last undefeated teams. Uh, big upset. But is it an upset? That's the first question. Did this feel like an upset, Brad? Do you, do you like, when, when the, everyone storms the court, is some small part of you like, I don't know, man. It's, like, kind of fun that we beat Michigan and it's a big win, but come on. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, this yeah, isn't you know, that I big think, of an upset. I think the, the storm in the court is more for the fans. I think the fans love that. Um, but, you know, when we look at our season, um, we started off really hot, and we were one of the top teams in the country early in the season, and then we got the Big Ten play, and we're we're four and three, uh, but you look at our three losses, and, you know, we're four or five possessions away from being seven and out. You know, two of them were overtime. They came down to the wire, and we just couldn't necessarily put the pieces together at the end. Um, so I don't know. Personally, we don't see as big of an upset as some people from the outside see it because we know our potential and what we're capable of moving forward. Um, but I think storming the court and kind of the hoopla around it, then being one of the last undefeated teams in a rivalry game, um, that's where I understand the court rush. You know, that's more for the fans, not for mm-hmm. us. Who? So here, here's the big debate that we have on this podcast when we talk about Michigan. Okay. Um, and it's not even us, really. It's like it's a nationwide thing, and we need your opinion. You're a guy who just just played them, just beat them. Uh, who is the best player on Michigan? Who is the guy that you guys were keying on in your scouting report? Or, yeah. I mean, uh, maybe we don't need to talk mm-hmm. about that. You still have to play them again this year, so let's not get too into the weeds here. But uh, right, who who would you say is Michigan's best player? Hmm. That is a loaded question. Because it is well, how good of a team they are because they have a lot of weapons. But I think everything kind of starts and ends with Xavier Simpson. Um, just you're just going to be a coach, Tate. and orchestrate the offense. <laughs> What'd you say? Are you, are you a coach already? I mean, my God. First of all, you, you I, I thought I had you with the Aaron Rodgers question. Mm-hmm. You, you you get out of that one <laughs> masterfully. And then 
the only the only people on the face of the earth who think Xavier Simpson's their best player are, are like the coaches. coaches or former coaches yes, or, or people Brunson. who are going to be coaches. Yes. <laughs> so I do want to be a college basketball coach someday. Um, so maybe that's why it is. Um, but there you I go. Think the ball, the ball's in his hands the most, um, and he orchestrates uh-huh. the offense and he finds he creates for everyone else in the team. Um, and then you you know you have Ign- Iggy and Charles Matthews and Jordan Poole, which I think are kind of the beneficiaries of everything that Xavier Simpson does to that team. Um, when he's coming off a lot of ball screens and he gets deep into the paint. Um, and I think he's kind of, I'd say he's their best player. I'm sure he's, I don't know the stats, but I feel like he's been pretty consistent throughout the whole year with doing what he does for the team. One of our favorite players on this program is Jordan Poole. We call him Swaggy Poole here. Did, did Swaggy Poole say anything to you in this game? Was he frustrated with you with the way that you play defense? I mean, it, it seems like you guys have, I would say, contrasting, oh, he was- contrasting styles is an understatement. Oh yeah, he was hitting shots. He was doing the arrow thing. I saw it on TV. He 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 had to have been jawing at you guys, right? Uh, he he talked a little bit. You know, I played against Jordan ever since we were younger. Oh um, nice. So he was from Milwaukee, and I was from Minnesota. So we'd always play each other. Um, so we have a pretty good relationship. Um, it was all respect and friendly banter back and forth. Um, but you know, he's he's a good player. He's extremely smooth and really good with the ball, um, going to the rim or into his pull up. Um, but there was a. There was a two talking. You know, we talk, he's talking to the refs about me holding them defensively or holding them on cuts. Um, but I mean, that's just part of the game. The, the the main question is: Is he talking to himself? Because we we assume that Swaggy Pool talks to himself in the third person. That's what I hope, at least. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear any of that. Um, oh, good. I guarded okay. Most of the game, so offensively, he he switched off of me after the first couple of possessions. Um, but offensively, I didn't hear him talking to himself a whole lot. All right, maybe one day. I have to ask you about the greatest, the most underrated beef probably in college basketball, and uh, dates back to November, so we got to go back a little bit. But you do the chomp, which I mentioned at the top of this thing. Uh, you do it at Xavier, mm. and obviously J.P. McCura did that at Wisconsin in Madison last year, and you go back and get after him. And, uh, I mean, has there has there been any words between you and J.P. McCura? Because this is... Titus and I have not covered this like we should because th- these are two friends of the program uh, battling it out on the court, doing the Gator Chomp, and then Tennessee does the Chomp later. They kind of stole it from you guys. But uh, is everything cool with you and J.P., or is the beef still ongoing? Oh, for sure. So J.P., he actually played high school basketball with Nate Reavers, one of my teammates. Oh, okay. Um, so, again, I've known him for a while. Um, and so after he did it to us, you know, obviously – I mean, they won, so he has the right to do whatever he wants. Um, so it was a, a big win for them. It was a competitive game. He probably game. forgot he did it. It's um, okay. We talked, uh, and so we we talked about it after that game. And so then before the game, uh, I was texting with him, and he just said he was going to be watching. Um, and so actually, before that game, my parents went out to eat with his parents. Um, so we've oh, known wow. each other for a while. We have a good relationship. Oh, um, man. And so I, uh, I, I told my team that if it comes down to a situation where we have a if we're going to win or have a big shot, um, you know, I was going to do it. And it kind of just solidified that when we came out 50 minutes before the game for warm-up, their, their student section was sold out. And for the whole warm-up, they gave us the Gator Chomp, too. So it kind of just added fuel to the fire. Um, so it was more mm. it was more to the student section than it necessarily was to JP. Um, but, you know, JP, we've had a great relationship. And he talked about it afterwards. I think I, I posted a picture of it on Instagram and tagged him in it. Um, <laughs> and he commented, you know, LMAO, and then texted me and said he loved the Gator Chomp. Um, so we, we text on a pretty, like, a weekly basis about things um, going uh, on in college basketball. So he's a great guy. Um, someone, you know, he obviously had a great year, great career at Xavier. So he's that was a, just, again, some friendly banter. Yeah, and now, he's, too. and now he's a great Charlotte Hornet. I have to ask, did you practice the chomp in the mirror before? Because you had perfect form. You had a great meme mug face. It, it, <laughs> it, was, it, it, seemed, it seemed like it was orchestrated. I have to ask. 
No, it was, I didn't practice it. Okay. Um, you know, something okay. I thought about um, before the game, but I definitely didn't practice it. Um, it was something that kind of just came in the emotions of the game. And it felt like a felt like a pretty fitting ending to the game at the end. After, was, especially after that who? shot, felt felt right. <laughs> What a uh, what fan base? What player? What uh, coach? Um, who would you say hates you the most? Uh, as we, you know, we're covering how you're antagonistic. We we talked about your style of play a little bit. Do you, I'm guessing you feel the hatred from people, uh, certainly around the Big Ten. Um, my guess is Minnesota because you're from there and you didn't go there and you went to the rival school. But uh, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Where what where, where do you feel the most hatred when you play on the road? You personally? So I haven't played at Minnesota yet in my career. Oh, really? Um, okay. Be in February, so I guess I can't say them yet. I'm sure. I'm sure I won't be welcomed back with open arms. But um, <laughs> this year it was definitely Western Kentucky. I don't know if you remember what happened last year. <laughs> really? <laughs> I took a charge with a second to go on an out of bounds play. Yes, that's right. Up, that's it right. Was a high game and ended up hitting the free throws to win the game. And it was a pretty controversial call, and it went blew up and went everywhere. And so we went there this year, and I was booed from my starting lineup introduction. Every time I touched the ball, every time I subbed in throughout the final end of the game. Um, oh, my, my gosh. my parents were actually sitting next to the student section the whole game. And my mom was <laughs> my mom came up after the game was like, Brad, I just want to let you know that you're loved. <laughs> you're loved by us. <laughs> I was like, oh, I appreciate that, Mom. Um, so I would say I'm not a fan favorite in Western Kentucky. Would definitely be the one that hasn't that has I felt the most hated. But again, you know, I kind of think that as respect. <laughs> That's something their coach said in the um, we got a handshake after the game. You know. I forgot all about that. We got to we got to figure out a way to get you to go viral for something other than charges. You know, that, that's that's our PR move. We're trying to figure out for you. Can can you dunk? Why don't you dunk okay. in a game? Just dunk on a breakaway and then uh, uh, every. <laughs> It has to be kind of from the from the certain side with a certain hand, with a certain amount of adrenaline, <laughs> with a certain grip on the ball. Yeah, my hands got to be a little sticky. Um. <laughs> run to run to the bench, get some stickum to put on real quick as you're on the fast break, and then <laughs> jump back That's in. Like and, the feel. Yeah, okay. we'll uh, we'll start orchestrating that. Um. I had one more question, and then we'll let you go. You're a busy man. Uh, you 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 need to still go uh, study. I'm sure, student athlete. Yes, not an athlete student. Hit the um, books. My my question to you is: Would you like to use this platform to admit to America that Wisconsin and the Cole Center, you guys cheat when people come there, and that uh, the the arena is always <laughs> like 15 degrees colder than it should be, and <laughs> I, I know you guys got rid of the Sterling balls, but like that was cheating. Like uh, when I played at Ohio State, um, that you use those plastic like hardcover like thirty. You buy them for like thirty cents at a toy store. Those were the balls you guys used. Um, I remember one time our shoot around. We we were shooting on a nine and a half foot goal. Uh, and I'm not saying anything happened. I'm not saying it's anyone's fault. Um, but yeah, would you like to would you like to make a confession, Brad? That um, the reason it's so hard to win in the Coal Center is because uh, there's some shenanigans going on that's my theory i'm working on and um, i would love you know, your confirmation I would attest to it's definitely it's definitely colder in the cold center because of the rink um but it's even colder the day before the game um so i don't know if that's breaking a rule um but usually mm. we get into the proper temperature mm. for games um but you know they do say the cold centers were were streaks end and i don't know if it's necessarily because of the atmosphere because of the because of the court or whatever shenanigans you think's going on but i think when it comes <laughs> down to it um, Wisconsin just usually has some pretty good, tough teams that know how to play the, 
game of basketball the that right might way. Be it. It's a tough style to play to beat. Um, mm. But I think probably the shenanigan would be they just have a pretty consistent, tough um, program over the last 20 years. Yeah. Eh, yeah, eh, I don't know. I, like I'd, I'd failed to consider I, that. I don't think I'm admitting uh, anything. <laughs> uh, Ray, that was the only that was the only arena in the Big Ten that I that I never won at. Me personally, you know, I don't mean my team. I mean me. No, uh, when I was at Ohio State, we wanted every single arena in my four years. The only place we went zero and four was uh the Kohl Center, and um I hated that place. I hated it so much, but I I understand why. You if are, you're are welcome fan, to come back it. anytime. <laughs> you're yeah, welcome to come we got to get a win. I want to come back and uh, cheer for Wisconsin because it seems more fun to, to be in the Cole Center cheering for we Wisconsin. We want to be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, we, we want to be there. And yeah, get, we'll be Aaron Rodgers. And get the cutaway and cheer and, and Here, say that we love. We yeah, can, on Wisconsin. You guys both wear Badger shirts, you're welcome in the Cole Center. Oh, absolutely. We, oh, we, we, yeah. we are easily bribed. Perfect. Thank you, Brad. We, we want to get. We, we want to set up, figure out the game Rodgers is coming to and get us tickets <laughs> in the seat in front of him. Yes. So it looks like we got better seats than him. Okay. And then every time they cut to him, we'll stand everyone up can and see that we have better seats than him. And yeah. we'll just wave. Yeah, we'll just keep waving up. Uh, all right, man. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. We we love watching you play. Uh, we 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 you know the Big Ten's a gauntlet and uh, it's fun to to watch you guys navigate it and play hard and seriously uh, don't let the haters get you down, man. We love you. That's all that matters. Yes, you have you have your the OSP support. You. Yes, your mom loves you and, right. and that's JP McCurry's parents. All, they I appreciate all love you. you guys. All right, man. Be good. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it. Yep. See you, man. Sounds good. See you guys. That interview with Buzzcut Brad Davison was brought to you by Roman. With two-thirds of guys experiencing noticeable hair loss by age 35, most guys assume losing their hair is inevitable as they age. Some don't care. Some shave their head. Some embrace hats. But what they don't know is that there are FDA-approved medications designed to stop hair loss and even regrow your hair. That's why we're excited to partner with our sponsor, Roman. Roman makes it easy to get safe, FDA-approved hair loss treatment, all from your phone or computer. Wait, what? And when you go to roman.com slash shining, your online visit is free. Talk to a licensed doctor on their secure chat service. No appointment times or reading bag magazines in the waiting room. Once your doctor ensures that treatment will be safe and effective for you, Roman's dedicated pharmacy can ship you your medication for free with two-day shipping. If you're noticing unwanted hair loss, starting treatment early is key and Roman can help. And today, Roman is giving One Shining podcast listeners a very free online visit at GetRoman.com slash Shining. That's GetRoman.com slash Shining for a free visit to get started. Go to GetRoman.com slash Shining. Back to the podcast. There it is. I told you we weren't lying, Tate. I think the people, I swear, the people out there listening were like, there's no way that was actually, like, I'm sure there are people that still don't believe that that was actually Brad Davison. And I guess we should make the point. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, it, it could have been anyone. That would be great. We should just start hiring people out and do these interviews because who would know? I mean, this is these are the things that we can possibly do on podcasts. But I will say, uh, Brad, debunking the whole J.P. McCure beef. I mean, that was yeah. That was probably the biggest Dude, takeaway. He's That's a, your headline. He's he's already a coach. Like every answer he had for every question was coach speak. Um, the, the, the man's great. He's, he's great. We love him. We're going to have him back at some point uh, if it makes sense. Uh, we're we're going to have him back like when he buzzes his hair. Like when Wisconsin what, – what, what did I say? What was my bet? Like if Wisconsin gets a top four seed, I think I'm, I need to amend that because I don't think that's doable for them this year. But they did beat Michigan. Yes, you are right. Uh, 64 points, not quite the race of 69, which has been uh, proven uh, over and over again in the past couple of weeks. But, yeah, they beat Michigan. Bras Dacus, zero points, a donut. Uh, that was the yeah. big thing that stood out for me in that game. But, I mean, what else? I mean, you are the Big Ten whisperer. 
Well, I mean, what else did you see in this? I mean, Wisconsin, obviously, Buzz Cut Brad was on another level, but I mean, what else happened in this game? Uh, Ethan Happ doing Ethan Happ things. Yes. As we talked to Brad yes. about, uh, it's it's impossible to figure this man out. But then 26 at and the 10. same time, almost a triple double. And seven assists and two steals. The, the guy's unbelievable. He really is. And I, I, I was kind of like apologizing to Brad, and I think he was probably confused. Like, dude, why are you apologizing to me about your comments on Ethan Happ? Because there's just like, I, I think back to all the stuff I say about Ethan Happ, and I feel like I've been so unfair to him over the years because I, it, it, but it just, he just breaks my brain. That's the only way I can describe it, Tate, is that I watch him play and it's just, I always get frustrated. Here's what it is, I think. I get frustrated when guys are great, but they're not great at the things that I was good at, at on a basketball court. And the only, literally the only thing I could do well was shoot. I could shoot threes. That's it. That's pretty much it. So anytime like there's a guy who has it all except the jump shot, it's very frustrating for me to watch because it's like, dude, that's the one thing I can do. How can how can you be so good and not even do what I could do? I mean, my God, how bad can you really be that good? And then Ethan Happ, time and again, is just like, yes, I am that good. Here's here's almost a triple double on the number two team in the country. Suck on that. Well, it's very so. subtle. He, he's like a he's a subtle assassin when it comes to like the post moves. You know what I mean? It kind of just lulls you to sleep, and it happens. Do you think you have Kaminsky syndrome, where he looks the part like he's Frank Kaminsky and should be able to do similar things, but he just you know can't? That might be it. Yeah, that might be it. I think that that might be it. And then you see like like John Teske stepping out and hitting threes, and Reavers for uh, Wisconsin, their big the other big guy, he's stepping out and hitting threes. That's like the whole. That's the whole revolution in basketball at the moment, right? Like all the big guys can shoot threes these days, and uh, it's just kind of jarring to see Ethan Happ not be able to shoot. <laughs> but then, as 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 I've brought up like a million times, and that's just this podcast alone, but in the life of our podcast, I brought it up a million times even more. Um, that he he has like one fucking move, and it works, and it works, and it works, and it's crazy. And it's and and if and if, if if I find myself in a situation where I'm cheering for Wisconsin. It's incredible to watch when he's playing Ohio State, when he's playing Indiana, when I need Wisconsin loss for some reason because it will help one of my teams or whatever the hell is going on. It's very frustrating. So that's that's that. But uh, it's also, are we worried about Michigan? No, I'm we're not, not. Right? No, we're not worried about Michigan at all. I mean, they have Teske. I mean, Brasdakis was pretty much a no-show in that game. Uh, we know what they have talent-wise. I mean, they've, they've shown up in bigger games. I will say... It is very fitting that Wisconsin, I mean, they kind of, they do the Vince Lombardi, you know, where he would just run the same play until you stop it. That's what Ethan Happ is, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? You just keep, like, they're still living by that philosophy. So that's, you know, that that fits Wisconsin Wisconsin to a T pretty much. Uh, yeah, I don't think Michigan, there's really any problem there. They probably needed a loss, uh, you know what I mean? Humble themselves and get back. Yeah, I went on. Charles Matthews was, I went a, on I mean, a, they're two best players, right, in our opinion, pretty much yeah. didn't show up in that game. Yeah, they didn't show up. Uh, I went on the uh, Rob Doster's podcast for uh, the the NBC guy nice. that covers college basketball. Yeah, friend of the program, Rob Doster. Yes, uh, and I was talking to him about we were talking about this Michigan um, Wisconsin game, and the the point I made to him is I think what happens with college basketball this time of year is like we've been watching most of the people that follow college basketball. I assume follow college football, uh, like Kansas and Indiana fans, not so much probably, but uh, the rest of us. Generally, if you're into college basketball, you're probably into college football, and you're watching college football all fall, and you have this understanding that like the national title teams, the the national title contenders, the top five to ten teams, when they lose, that like devastates their season, and they're out of the running for the national title for the most part. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, a team loses, you're like shit, that could cost them the national title, um, and then you you have that attitude all fall watching football, and then the college football season ends. 
January's here. You're watching college basketball and it's conference play. And then like a team loses and there's this, there's some part of, of you. And I say you really meaning me where I, I, I want to like dissect what went wrong and what is, why this team can't win a national title now and what's going on here. When the reality is it's just a completely different sport. This is college basketball. As, as our friend, John Rostein says, this is conference play. This is going on the road. It's hard to win in the Cole center. Sometimes you just shrug your shoulders and you say, Mike Krzyzewski, like Mike Krzyzewski did against uh, Syracuse. Life happened to us tonight. Um, yeah, Life I don't happens. really think it's that big of a deal that mm-hmm. uh, that that Michigan did not play particularly well, but um, they are sort of trending in the wrong direction in the sense that like <laughs> there are a few too many of these nights where their offense looks like total garbage. And like Matthews, the people who love Xavier Simpson and think he's the best player, Brad Davison included, uh, will point to nights like this, Tate, where... where or days, I guess they played an afternoon game uh, where Charles Matthews doesn't show up, and that's the that's the problem with him is consistency. Um, so I am slightly worried about that, but it's not a big deal. Michigan's loaded; they play great defense generally. They'll be fine. Yeah, and if you just look at their, I mean, they're, they're at the top in defense. The offense is kind of up and down, but they've shown that they can beat really good teams, and they kind of play. I mean, Wisconsin is what they are. You know what I mean? That's that's a. Uh, they, Brad Davison, what are you going to do? I mean, the guy's got it going. And uh, can we talk about Tennessee quickly, too? Because I have a nice little nugget for you. Uh, this is from Pat Murray, uh, WBIR, yeah, radio. Every team in the top 10 of the AP poll has at least two players on its roster that were ranked in the top 100 as prospects, except Tennessee. Tennessee has zero. And again, Tennessee continues to endear themselves hmm. to our program. Hmm. Number one team in the country. Remember when we forgot to put Tennessee in our preview? <laughs> no, I don't. Did that happen? Did that happen? I don't. That that's unbelievable. I can't believe that. Uh, I I that that will go down as the black mark in my career. Is that? <laughs> I can't believe that. Um. Yeah, we love Tennessee. What else is there to say? They they had a close one against Bama. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. They're playing well. They're the number one team in the country. They deserve it. We love them. Stick, good job, Tennessee. Yeah, and sticking in the SEC, I mean, Coach Cow had a good Saturday. I mean, beats Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl still wants people to talk about him. Uh, he wants some. This was the game of the week. This was the game of the week for me. Yes, please. Kentucky Auburn. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, we, they, they, your was, boy Tyler Hero. Was, he did it. Twenty points. Oh God, I know. <laughs> I was I was worried. I was worried that I was hoping maybe I could like navigate through this game without talking about Tyler Hero going absolutely nuts. He had like ten points in the final five minutes or something like that. Yes, kind of exactly. clinched the game for them. Um. In my defense, Hero I never and RJ Barrett are on talented. the same wavelength as far as you know. What, yeah, they're, like, it, if they're hitting shots, yes. it's amazing. Everyone's like, you know, the the heroes are the goats. You know what I mean? It's one or the other. But they're exactly. going to take the he, shots. He we know did that. have he did have like a boneheaded turnover that led to a run out and an and one. He at towards the end of the game, he was taking like some dumb shots as well. Um, but that's just how the guy plays. I didn't say he's not talented. I say he just like has this one track mind of like, if I have the ball in my hands, I have every right in the world to shoot it, and I don't have to apologize for shooting it at any point. And that's always been the confusion. But when he's hitting, he is a great player. Uh, also, Bryce Brown went yes. absolutely berserk in the second half of this game. 25 points for Auburn in the second half alone, finished with 28. Um, maybe that was a, a Caleb Cody Martin situation where jerseys were switched. <laughs> or maybe switch with Bruce Brown of the Detroit Pistons. I mean, that could happen. I yeah. don't know. There you go. Um Auburn gets it down to Jared Harper's would be game winner bounces in and out. Great game. Uh, I wish I wish we could have seen more of it. ESPN cut to Charles Barkley no less than four thousand times during this game. Um, I wish I could have actually watched the game, but uh, 
I don't know. Chuck looked good. Chuck looked good on the TV. Dick, Dickie V was roasting him for being fat. I forget what he said. He said something about his weight. He he did the bay. I think like Bayheim gave him the okay. You know, like since Bayheim made the the Zion joke about Barkley being as fat. fat. And that. Yeah, think, as fat. I, yeah, I think Dickie V felt empowered that he like is allowed to make fat jokes about Barkley, and and it was kind of it was kind of out of nowhere. He was just like. I, I forget what it was, but the context is basically they cut to Barkley and he's like, oh yeah, Charles Barkley, he's loving it. All 300 something pounds of him, he's loving it. <laughs> it is amazing that, you know, on that TNT program, basically Shaq and Charles Barkley's, you know, fun loving fat jokes have brought fat shaming back. You know what I mean? You got to wait however many time to make the the long joke, but it's, mm-hmm. they've been, they've been calling each other fat for like eight years now. It's been amazing. Great for yeah. Barkley. Yeah. Great for celebrity culture, culture at uh, basketball games. You know, college basketball, mm-hmm. it's all happening. Mitch Kupchak was at the Carolina game. There's celebrities everywhere, Mark Titus. I was at the I was at the Ohio State Maryland game. I mean, come on, goddamn, yes, you can't throw that in there. Mm-hmm. I, I was there with uh, Cardell Jones was there as well. Yeah, we got we got different treatment. He got he got dabbed up a lot more by the uh, ushers and the uh, players and all that kind of stuff. That's okay. Did you it pull a, Did you pull a Dickie V media move, a college basketball icon? Did you call him fat? There's Cardell Joe. All, all 290 pounds of him. Oh, man. All right. You got anything else before we go? Close this thing out. Uh, quickly, I have a FBI update. We haven't done that in a while. Uh, our boy, Emmanuel Book Richardson, pleads guilty, said he knew the conduct was wrong. Uh, he was asked, did you know it was against the law? He said, yes, your honor, he did. Uh, Tony Bland also pleaded, pleaded guilty. We know that. For $4,100 in cash. And I will say, uh, it does feel like uh, this is a way for, you know, th- this is this is uh, Condoleezza Rice. This is her moment. You know what I mean? It's like the they're treating it just like back in the day with Reagan in the 80s. I mean, they, they're just filling the mm. void with these little things. Uh, we're, we're getting the little guys uh, for like $4,000 in cash. But the bags will keep rolling. And uh, they're just all taking the it's, police. We're seeing it. It's happening. That's the FBI Reagan had the— Re- Reagan had the war on Kondo, drugs, and this is the Kondo war on economics. Kondo economics. Okay, Kondo economics. It's instead of the war on drugs, it's the war on. It's a war on college basketball. We're on college. This bags. is uh, again. This is this is great for us because we're as we said last week, we're going to transition into a political podcast. So um, the more the more Kondo Rice is involved, the better it is for our a pivot to uh to politics that we have coming up for the for the big election in 2020. We're gonna we're gonna have great coverage here on One Shiny Podcast. In the words of Kevin Durant, we gotta be respectful out here, mother. <laughs> uh I had I had one note. Um I wanted to shout out Dan Dockage uh because during the Michigan uh uh Wisconsin game, John Teske had this shot. He did a pick and pop three mm. Hit, hits the back rim, kind of farts its way into the the basket and Dockage goes on a long explanation as to why that ball went in the basket, and he cited the fact that PETA changed the made college basketball or basketball manufacturers change the kind of leather that they use for basketballs, and it's made them softer, and that's why shots like that go in now. And and basically, John Teske made a three because PETA exists. And I swear to God, I'm not making that sounds like the most absurd thing you've ever heard. And it was. And that's why I'm bringing it up. Wait, All what? that is like basically what he said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That, yeah, that was that was that was something that happened. Tate. That mm. was that was a real uh, statement that was made. So uh, shout out to Dan Dockage for that. Excellent work as always, Dan. Um, also, Tate, we have to we have to do this. We should have a second guest on the podcast. I'm going to try to call him right now. Did you see the story that uh, 
Carmelo Anthony is traded from the Rockets to the Bulls. My my Twitter was bombarded with this. Yes. Here here's here's the tweet that I see. Sources: Rockets and Bulls have completed trade. Carmelo Anthony draft rights to John Diebler and 1.56 million to Chicago for draft rights to some guy no one's ever heard of. And, John Diebler. Yes. His draft rights. <laughs> and cash considerations. I wonder how much cash. That, I mean that's this is a big deal. They're one to one now. Carmelo and Diebler, same level. So uh, I wonder if uh, Carmelo listens to the pod. Let's call Diebler. John Diebler. Um, should we call him? Should we should yes. we try to get some breaking news and get John's statement on this? I think he's in Turkey right now. Let me try to call him. Let me conference him in onto this. Uh, let me see how this works. This may work, actually. We'll find out. I don't know if Metro PCS works in Turkey. <laughs> Okay, so never mind. It didn't work. <laughs> oh, it didn't work. Let's just let's... never mind. I, I I tried to. So it was some weird noise was being made when I called. <laughs> I don't get it. He he has like a Turkish phone now. Maybe he's got a burner phone. That's what's going on. But yeah, we couldn't get John on the line. But that's okay. John listens to the podcast. John, since you listen to every single podcast and you're a huge fan of the show, uh, just call me when you when you listen to this, and we'll get we'll get we'll get it set up for to have you on the next pod. That's we'll perfect. That way. Yeah, that's a good pitch. All right, man. Uh, anything else? Is that it? That's it. I think that's all the conspiracies. Oh, I, I also Bill Walton went on Chris Vernon's show, and I listened to that, and it was unbelievable as always. Bill Walton continues to deliver. Uh, you know, in this life, at, at every single turn, every single corner. So, uh, and he had a great call. And that Oregon uh, game that I brought up earlier, the West Coast basketball update, uh, Peyton, Peyton Pritchard airballed a shot after just dribbling the ball out for an entire shot clock. And Bill Walton was just so disgusted. And uh, it, it was a great moment uh, in West Coast basketball history. But yeah, that's all I got, Mark Titus. Anything else from you? Land Grant. That's all I got. Grant Land. That's all I got. Come to, come to Land Grant on Tuesday. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. We will be back later this week with more stuff to talk about. In the meantime, Moses Moses is up here again. Moses, Come on, Moses. do you want to try it again? Mosey on up we here. We can do it. This could be a great show. Let's do it. Let's end it out in the right way, Moses. Ready? Speak. Speak. He's sniffing the microphone. Mm. God damn it, Moses. We're going to get to that. Stop, stop being those cheeses, man. Put it on the this mic. Have, yeah. That's what it is. That, we'll, we'll have Moses do an ad read where he's just chewing cheese its sometime, but mm. uh, today is not that day. Maybe next time. See you guys. <laughs>